Welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. Today we're with Stanton Community Development Director, Jenna Ramsey, and FMTC General Manager and CEO, Kevin Cabbage, both from Stanton, Iowa. Kevin and Jenna are sharing how Kevin's company created a role for a Community Development Director, a role that Jenna now fills in partnership with the city. This partnership, along with Jenna's hard work and the help of many others, has allowed them to receive over $5 million in grants in five years, and their main street is thriving. The theme that resonates throughout this interview is people and partners. If you want strategies for getting your community to work together on a greater vision and get projects completed, you're going to love this interview. We're also featuring success stories of the revival happening in Stanton all week long on our website and socials. It's hard to believe that we are nearing the end of the year for 2023. I've had the best time traveling around to so many of your towns this year and getting to meet so many of you. Whether it's speaking at your conferences or annual member celebrations, bringing a workshop to your group or coming to do podcast interviews or town features, it truly is an honor to get to come encourage and inspire your communities and spark some ideas. We are now booking dates for 2024. So if you'd like to bring Rural Revival to your town next year, visit our website or send us a message and let's talk more about making that happen. And now here we go with Jenna and Kevin. All right, well, we're here today in Stanton, Iowa with Jenna Ramsey, the Community Development Director, and Kevin Cabbage of FMTC. Guys, thanks for being on the podcast, and thanks for inviting me to Stanton today. Welcome to our community. Thank you. This is a great opportunity, so welcome. Thank you. So you guys, are you both born and raised here in Stanton? Loaded question. I am. I was. I was born and raised here. Uh, I. I did move away for ten years. I went to college at Iowa State, and lived in North Carolina, and then moved back home. So I am not. So I uh, grew up uh, not far from here, about thirty miles from here, in a small community known as Newmarket, Iowa. Okay. Uh, so started uh, working for the telephone company in 1983, April Fool's Day, 1983. <laughs> And within a few years, they they moved me to Stanton. But uh, this is my home. I've actually lived here longer than I have any other place. So we're uh, they've welcomed me in, um, but I'm not a native. So that's okay. You're a transplant. Someone yeah. else said that today. They're like, I'm a transplant. <laughs> to start off, tell us some fun facts about Stanton to help people to get to know your community. Uh, some exciting notes about Stanton. We are home of the world's largest Swedish coffee pot, water tower. We also have the cup and saucer water tower. Um, the Swedish Heritage and Cultural Center um, is located here in Stanton. It's our old school, old elementary and high school where that is located. We are also home to Viking Lake State Park. Uh, so we have a lot, a lot of fun things to come and check out. Absolutely. Um, I'm excited for you guys to hear more about what they've been doing here because it's really impressive. So um, talk a little bit about you guys were both pivotal in creating a position for a community development director. Tell us how that came to be and why you felt that was important for your community. Okay. Um, Prior to having this position in place, Stanton had a long history of great volunteers uh, that were willing to 
uh, put in the effort and the time to, to do the things that we felt our community needed, uh, not only for growth, but uh, more importantly for sustainability, you know, to keep what we had, but to look how we can continue to offer that to our residents and look for opportunities to grow. Uh, the challenge to that was it was all volunteers. So it, it's great to have them, but yet that's a big ask mm -hmm. of time and resources to really move your community forward with what we felt uh, the opportunities were and the time required with that. Uh, so it actually came out of a, uh, a meeting I attended with the Iowa Rural Development Council um, and some of their community regional um, meetings that they hosted. So we came back to, to the community with that idea is, you know, for us to really move forward, we need somebody dedicated to this position that could really stay on top of, of the opportunities, ideas, keep our community organized with those ideas and concepts, but more importantly, develop a network and, and of relationships with community within the state and even the federal level that would commit the time and the effort to go after uh, what we needed to make uh, some of the projects in our community a reality. So uh, Farmers Mutual Telephone Company took the lead in that discussion. Uh, first of all, as with anything, you can create the position, but the person filling in the position is the most important choice that you have to make. Uh, so I've known Jenna for a long time. Uh, she's actually uh, just a year older than my daughter, so I've actually known her from a very young age. Uh, so, and our families are, are good friends, so I, I knew where she was. She had already made a decision to come back to Stanton to live and raise her family and was working with, at Montgomery County Memorial Hospital in their, in their public relations department. So as she was starting her family, I knew that she had a desire to do more within Stanton. So we started a conversation with finding the right person. Uh, once uh, she identified that this is something that she would love to do, then we went to work uh, internally at, at FMTC, uh, creating this position financially, and then also pursued an agreement with the city of Stanton. So uh, we're actually coming up on our fifth year of having this uh, agreement in place where we share the financial responsibilities of funding Jenna's position. But more importantly, you have to produce results, and uh, she's done a phenomenal job of doing that. Um, not really knowing what we wanted to do, how to do it, how this was going to work. Um, she's, she's produced uh, in a big way. So the results that you're seeing here in town today are largely due to Jenna's efforts working with community leaders to take the ideas and then actually make them a reality. So it's it's been a phenomenal experience so far. Um, but like Jen and I like to say is like, we haven't accomplished much of anything yet. We're just getting started. So then that, that excites me moving forward with what we can do for our community with that position in place for a community our size. It's, it's I wouldn't say it's unheard of, but around here it's, it's fairly unique. And I, I feel other communities should take a look at doing that as well. Absolutely, and I agree. Jenna has done a phenomenal job. Mm. Um, it's also commendable to you, though, as a company, to believe in a position like this for your community, to recognize the value of having a thriving community and what that does for your business. Well, thank you. A little bit about FMTC. We're a local uh, communications provider. We do 
uh, broadband voice and video. Uh, we also have ownership in a cellular partnership uh, and a managed IT company and some fiber optic transport partnerships as well. The reason I say that and the reason we chose to support this financially is uh, what I call we're a fixed asset company. So the fiber optics that we bury in the ground is there permanently. We can't pick up our toys and move to another community if they're <laughs> not there to support us financially with what we're offering. So that was a driving force behind our decision is we really need to help develop our communities. And, and so let's start with Stanton in this role and uh, start uh, taking care of all of the amenities, everything that we want our community to be to attract people to live here. In the end, FMTC will benefit by having, keeping people here, attracting more people to live here, uh, building new houses, all that leads to subscribers that we'll have taking our services. So we wanted to start off with Stanton as the model. Um, we are offering it to other communities that we are are involved with as well. Uh, I know they're all talking about it, but to this point in time, uh, they haven't developed that. And again, it comes back to finding the right person. So. Absolutely. Jenna, before we get into the things that you have been working on, tell us a little bit about what your job entails day to day. Sure. Uh, <clears throat> there's a, a variety of things. It just kind of depends on the day. I mean, in, in this role, you help with, um, you know, some chamber things, a lot of um, doing tours, uh, talking with people. I ha have people that call. I have someone that calls every day that finds my number online or somewhere, um, you know, that has a question about something going on in town or an event or just in general. Um, I also help with the, the old Lumberyard Event Center a little bit, so help with some marketing and advertising. Uh, really just doing a lot of marketing and PR and getting the word out there and things like that. Uh, also, um, you know, the, a lot of different projects that we've done, do, uh, making sure the grants get done, whether I've written them myself or uh, with our partners. SWIPCO is our local COG. That is an absolutely phenomenal partnership to have. Uh, working with the city of Stanton and the, and the team there on um, different aspects, whether it's housing or different things like that. Uh, there's just a lot of different partners, and uh, I'm just kind of the middle middle one to cause the problems or coordinate <laughs> <laughs> depending on the day yes mm -hmm. if i could add to that um she's being very humble <laughs> all this is supposed to be in a part-time role so she's she is contracted for 30 hours a week 24 24 there you go <laughs> 24 hours a week uh, trying to handle that work-life balance, being a young mother, uh, having uh, three young children, that uh, priorities number one is for her to be involved in her children's lives and be a good mom, but at the same time, uh, provide to the community her talents and skills that she has. So how she balances everything that she's getting done in 24 hours is, is very unique. Uh, I'll be the first to say is I, I I, I know it requires more than 24 hours to do everything that she's doing, but the overall umbrella of the community starts with an entity called the Stanton Community Foundation, of which we have an advisory board that supports Jenna, so she's not out here on her own. 
so these are our selected community leaders that uh, meet with Jenna and support her and then also help support that relationship with the city of Stanton. Uh, so under that umbrella, we have, uh, I don't know, four or five different subcommittees of which the goal is get people in your community involved, take ownership of your community and, and start uh, providing the community with what it needs with resources. But if it's just a handful of people telling the community what we need to do, uh, you're gonna run into trouble. You have to get involvement from your community members. So that's, that's probably the biggest challenge that Jenna has, but also the biggest reward is, is giving everybody an opportunity to have a voice, get involved, take ownership of our community, but in a structured way that it leads to these projects with support from the communities and support from your elected officials, of which most of the funding needs to flow through anyway. So it, it's a balancing act. Um, she does it quite well. Uh, so, yeah. Was the community foundation established before you created this role or did that all kind of come together? Almost happened simultaneously okay. with the creation of her position. So. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. So you guys, from my standpoint, have accomplished a lot in a short amount of time. And so I first met you guys through the Governor's Empower Rural Iowa Task Force. And every time we get together as a collective group, people can stand up and talk about what's happening in their town. And every time Jenna gets up and stands up and shares all these great things that are happening in Stanton, and every time it's this whole new list of things. And so it's always very impressive. Um, but tell us a little bit about where you started, maybe once you got that community foundation together, started with Jenna in this role, and what that has looked like, and because it's been a process. And, and why you approached it the way that you did. Also about that time, uh, this, the community of Stanton went through a creative placemaking process, which really helped establish Jenna's role within our community as well. Out of that creative placemaking process, you know, where we involved the community, uh, you know, we identified you know, several things that the community wanted to see happen. Uh, one of them being uh, the uh, expansion of the current Stanton Child Resource Center, which provides uh, preschool and daycare opportunities in our community. Uh, we also wanted to uh, extend the walking trail, and then we also needed to do something with our downtown area with the beautification of the streets and, and the buildings. So uh, that kind of identified the top three priorities for us. But also with that creative placemaking, out of that came seven to 10 total projects. So we identified those as the top three. Uh, a couple of them have actually been accomplished along the way as well. Uh, one of them being uh, utilization of some vacant buildings here in downtown. So FMTC took a role in that where we were able to acquire two vacant buildings. Uh, that were attached to one building that we already had uh, in that area. So we've actually remodeled all three of those buildings and put them back into production, of which one of them now hosts the uh, Gibbs Chop House. Uh, that was actually something that came out of the creative placemaking process, that we really needed some type of restaurant here in town for evening hours. And then Jenna mentioned that uh, we're home of the world's largest Swedish coffee 
pot and cup and saucer, you know, the history with Stanton involves coffee uh, with uh, uh, showing my age here with uh, Virginia Christine, the original uh, Mrs. Olson on the Folgers coffee commercial. She was born here in Stanton. So we actually have been affiliated with coffee for quite some time, but never really had our own official coffee or coffee shop. So now we do. Yeah. Uh, the Fika Coffee House was uh, um, created and then actually is, is located within one of the buildings that FMTC owns. So it really kick-started a lot of projects within our community, but I think it all goes back to that creative placemaking process. And again, it's asking your community to get involved. One of the first steps in that creative placemaking process was to have a community meeting, and we had over 170 people show up. Wanting, wanting to share their ideas, but more importantly, ready to support those ideas with involvement and actions. So I, I think that was the one event that really propelled us to where we are today with the projects we've got accomplished and, and also with Jenna's position. So. When I talk to um, different communities or people about it, I emphasize the, the point of a, of a plan, of the creative, make, creative placemaking process you know, based on the, the feedback we got from that meeting, um, online feedback, online surveys, and a variety of different ways helped us come up with a plan. So that with that plan, we were able to have end goals. And we had a document with the plan. And n not that it made anything easier. That's not the right word I'm looking for. But when you have when you have a town or people behind you and can show you, you know, it's not one person, it's not one group or, you know, agenda this is the feedback from the town and this is what they want completed. How are you, how can you help us get there? You know, along the way is when it kind of started to snowball and people, people want to help your community complete those projects and complete that vision. So it's really with a plan and, and showing that everybody's on board. Yeah. And I think that data is so helpful to be able to go back to when people are like, well, now why are you doing that? And you're like, because he said he wanted it. Mm -hmm. So it is helpful in that way. Talk about, you know, you, you brought in some key businesses that the community identified that they wanted. What did the rest of Main Street look like at that time? Were the buildings full of businesses? Was it pretty empty? I think, it, is, was it you or Mickey that, that makes the comment of before all of this revitalization started of all these projects, you could shoot a cannon down Main Street and it wouldn't hit a thing. <laughs> and now between... Um, the Oli and all of the businesses and events and things like that. It's, sometimes it's hard to find a parking spot on a Saturday night in Stanton. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. You've also done a great job of your streetscape and making that attractive with your facades and all of that. Talk about what that transition has looked like over the years. So we applied for the um, downtown facade grant actually let's see I think it was in 2019 and we didn't get it so we went back to the drawing board and we did some more fundraising and we completed a historic study and some um, got some architectural designs and things like that and when we applied again we got it, it and it's just been a, a process with a lot of partners that um, we are fortunate to say just got wrapped up there are so many people that made it happen um, you know the building owners there were eight buildings that were included in the facade, and they um, they helped with the process, along with uh, Cornerstone. Uh, they were our contractor, and Curtis Architecture. Uh, Rod and his team have been absolutely wonderful to work with. 
Uh, you know, this project wouldn't have happened without the the city of Stanton. The the grant went through them. Um, they committed funds. They've they've worked on a lot of things. Uh, so there's there's just been a lot of partners partnerships. And again, Slipco, our cog, who we uh, can't say enough great things about, um, helped manage the grant as well. So there was a lot of of partners that made that happen, as well as the Stanton Community Foundation donations to it as well. Um, IOS Foundation. Uh, they're just a lot of great partners. Yeah. In addition to that, and Jenna, correct me if I get the numbers wrong, but the CDBG facade program was is is quite attractive. Yes. Um, so how I recall it worked is you know you, you bring in the architect, you do the estimate on what it would take just to you know clean up the the front of the building is all that you can touch. Uh, but with that, the grant covered fifty percent of the costs. The city of Stanton. Uh, covered 25% of the cost. So then the local building owner was responsible for the remaining 25%. What was unique about our project is we actually had local donors that contributed to the Stanton Community Foundation of which we flowed that money through to this project. So it actually even drove down the cost to the building owner even less. So being in a community of 700, um, that's very important and I think everybody is is thrilled with the results that they see now with our downtown community. So. You know, I can't go through without thanking the list on that. Um, you know, the building owners, City of Stanton, Stanton Community Foundation, Iowa Economic Development Authority, Iowa West Foundation, Montgomery County Foundation, Rural Innovation Grant, Ripple Effect Award, Power of Connection, Southwest Iowa Planning Council, Curtis Architecture, Cornerstone Commercial, and additional donors that contributed to the revitalization of Stanton's business district. It takes a village. Yes. <laughs> if you have, if it hasn't come out yet here, the theme is a lot of people, a lot of partners. Yeah, but you, you seem to have a good group that believes in the vision and really cares about seeing Stanton prosper into the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Jenna, you mentioned that grant but you've actually gotten several grants that have contributed to your efforts downtown and even around town talk about some of those and and how you've gone after those yes um we in the in the last almost five years we've we've gotten almost five million dollars and we've again the theme is people and partners and you know a lot of those things it again it's the the partnerships you start telling people about your projects and one thing leads to another about hearing about this or that. Um, we're partners. We're a Wellmark Healthy Hometown community. We're an AARP Livable community. We just got uh, awarded the Thriving Communities uh, Award. Um, we're an Iowa Great Place. Um, and, you know, all those, all those resources, um, not that they necessarily gave us money, but, I mean, everybody wants to help you see, see a vision or a plan completed. Um, so that's that's one piece. Another piece that I think you and I kind of talked about earlier, Dana, is when people people have been so generous in their donations, whether it be a business or people, um, you know, donating to the foundation or directly to a project. So when we get a donation, we try to leverage it as much as we can, and that donation is actually used to um, leverage additional funds when we go to apply for other um, other projects. As, as an example, uh, we received 
a generous $100,000 donation for our trail from Jim Wigstone Memorial. And and that $100,000, um, if not doubled, if not tripled, to help us uh, continue to do our trail um, expansion project with the additional funds we were able to match at, because we had that when we applied for, um, we had the match when we applied for that. So I would say, um, like I keep saying, it's it's people and the theme and the, the donations and partnerships that we've had. Well, with that $100,000, just to kind of dig into that a little more, because I think this was really wise of you guys. So this gentleman left $100,000 towards the trail, but instead of just spending the $100,000 on expanding the trail, you saved that money and said, we're going to apply for grants for the trail and put this money towards the matching funds. So you you just multiplied that money over and over again. Yes. And Jenna mentioned earlier, it all starts with a plan. Yeah. Uh, in today's environment, when the funding opportunities present themselves, you really don't have much time to react to put a plan together. That's kind of been our focus. Even as the projects we've completed, we're still working on more that we'd like to see within our community, but it's coming up with that plan and having it shovel ready, ready to go. So then when you do identify the funding, you're ready to move really, really quickly. But it, it all starts with having that type of uh, financial position in place so that you are ready to meet the local match, which is usually required in most grant opportunities, is, is the local community has to have skin in the game. Mm -hmm. So again, if you have to take time to fundraise in reaction to an opportunity, sometimes you're too late. So we're trying to get ourselves in a position financially uh, to be able to react really, really quickly and use that money wisely and, and turn it over at least two or three times if possible. So. That's so impressive. Mm -hmm. So at this point, you've got beautiful new facades on a lot of your Main Street buildings, and very few are empty. But there are some opportunities that I want you to talk about because for anyone listening who's who has a dream in their heart and is looking for the right community to come to, this is a wonderful community, and they have some really cool buildings available uh, where you could bring your business. So I want you guys to talk about that. Well, I, I think uh, the fun thing that it's been, uh, that's been about today, um, Dana, is going and talking to people that have started businesses here and talking about why they love the community and their successes. Uh, there are a couple spaces available um, potentially to rent or buy. Um, you know, a lot of the downtown facade has been um, completely remodeled, but there are still a few places um, that, that the inside, you know, could use some, it'd be a wonderful project for someone to come in and, um, you know, potentially re remodel the inside and, and, you know, they're just, there's just a, a great opportunity. Um, there are potential grants available for that, um, you know, throughout the state and things like that. The city has actually applied for two, um, catalyst grants for the state of Iowa. So they've been honored to receive those. One was for the Mason building, um, that added a business to town and then an apartment. And then another one was actually for the Gibbs Chop House um, building there. So there are potential funds available out there. And we do work with people to help them apply um, for funds and try to get those funds. So, yes, it'd be a great opportunity. Yeah. In addition to that, um, FMTC has a relationship with an organization called the Rural Ideas uh, Network. 
so any entrepreneur that may be considering starting up a, a business or any any business that needs just you know some basic consulting, they actually have free access to that organization uh, because of the relationship that FMTC has with that. So any customer of FMTC has free access to that entity to help them kind of sort through their creative ideas on what they would like to do, help them get prepared to uh, make that decision and, and be successful in implementing them. Uh, one of the opportunities we're looking at, it looks like it's gonna come to a reality, is, is the actual creation of a co-working space uh, in one of the building, buildings here. And again, it, it's maybe for that uh, person that's working from home but needs an opportunity to get out into the business world a little bit more but more importantly, an environment where you can interact with other business people as well. Uh, so we're, we're at the beginning phases of, of getting that established here in Stanton as well. Uh, to support all that is the infrastructure within Stanton. The city of Stanton has done a really good job with their infrastructure, so we do have room to grow. And then uh, put my FMTC hat on. Uh, we are 100% fiber to the home with our technology. We are a gigabit certified uh, broadband provider. Uh, so uh, we have the infrastructure in place to handle any of your technology needs so that you can come to a community our size and be connected to the world through our high-speed fiber optics and the services that we provide. So. Yeah, it's amazing, and that's such a great asset in a small town mm -hmm. so as far as your creative placemaking and what's still left to accomplish like if you had to say these are the businesses that we think could fill a gap in Stanton what would that be you know uh, we continue to get feedback on you know every day we we get ideas and, and feedback from people on things they want they need or want to see um, you know there's there's always a need for things um, for, I should say, a want of things for people to do, you know, so the indoor golf uh, keeps getting brought up, any kind of indoor activities, um, you know, things to do over the winter, any kind of retail or or shopping or, you know, anything to bring bring people to town for the day or the or the weekend, just think, you know, more things to do and that, that it would be a great fit. And I think to support that with what we have accomplished uh, with those businesses here on Main Street, we're bringing people to town. Mm -hmm. So if you're a business looking at, oh, what would the foot traffic be in a community of 700? Um, on Thursday nights and Friday nights and Saturday nights, Jen is correct. It, it's hard to find a parking spot in downtown Stanton, which is very exciting and rewarding to see. Yeah. So especially on those nights, uh, the the people are here, so mm -hmm. it's not a matter of you having to recruit people to come here. Uh, they're already coming here. What else can we provide for them while they're in, in our community? So. Yeah, and you've sort of just organically started to establish yourself as a wedding destination. Talk about that because you have a really cool experience for weddings and couples and wedding parties. Well, I can start with the history. Jenna can add to it with her role with marketing that. That actually was a result of the creative placemaking process as well. So 
uh, we identified some buildings within the community uh, to see what else they could maybe uh, be utilized for. One of them was actually a building that FMTC owned, and originally was an old lumber yard. Um, it, the the owner of the lumber yard in the late 1980s moved his business to Red Oak and, and thus sold his building to FMTC, and we had been using it as a warehouse since the late 1980s. So a lot of the public had had never been in that building. Uh, some some of the older people remember it being a lumberyard, but it had been many, many, many years since they actually had been inside. So uh, we took a tour of the building and, and everybody got excited with uh, being inside and, and the architecture it had being an old lumberyard. So we really need to do something more with this. So they proposed an idea to me. Uh, let's start with one event. Uh, we won't name names, but it actually was his 60th birthday. He <laughs> talked me into having a birthday party there and, and bringing people in. And, and I was amazed with the comments and, and the attendance and the excitement that it generated with people on having that type of facility available for events. So that started off some remodeling that we did and now have turned it into a, an event venue. I like to say it. It's, it's not so nice that you, you're not afraid to have any type of event in there, but it is nice enough you could have any event in there. Yeah. And thus, uh, we've been promoting it as a wedding venue. Um, and we, in the last two years, we've had over 15 weddings each year in that venue. And uh, we also put in some, some, some accommodations for the bride and the groom they can enjoy their wedding day, have places to get ready, and have places for family to stay as well, too, right there around the wedding venue. So it's, it's a pretty popular destination, and it's bringing in a lot of people from various different communities that probably never would have had a reason to come to Stanton, and now they do. Once they've seen what we are accomplishing, then that is generating excitement, bringing people to Stanton, but more importantly, they're taking that news back to their community to see what they can do similar to uh, what they've seen accomplished in Stanton as well. So that's what I get excited about. I, I really want every community to prosper. And if we just share our testimony and show by example what we have accomplished, if we can help others with that, that's that's we're very pleased to do that. So. It's been really fun to see um, Stanton kind of be in the hub or, or a central location, you know, between uh, Des Moines, Kansas City, and Omaha, and we found that that's that people like to come to Stanton. Uh, everything can be taken care of in a in a weekend in the same place. You really never have to move your car, and right. and, and a lot you meet in the middle, meet in a middle destination, and, and and take care of everything. You have the old lumberyard event center there for your um, wedding and reception. There's also Llewellyn Photography and Event Center there. Um, you've, they've had rehearsals. Or maybe the grooms want to get ready there. Uh, we have two beautiful churches, the Mamerlin Lutheran Church and the Covenant Church that can be rented. Uh, we, uh, we've we seen people have the rehearsal dinner at Gibbs Chop House or Fika Coffee House. Um, or e even they can cater and bring to the Ole, you know, however people want to set that up. And then we also have the motel here in Stanton and also Ole guest suites um, available for, you know, the bride and groom or, or families to stay. So it really is a one-stop shop, um, bring everybody together and not have to worry about everything for the weekend. 
I love that so much. And and tell us about some of the other projects that you currently have going on. You got you for a town of your size, you've got a lot going on. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. We're just getting started. <laughs> I know. I love it. I love it. So uh, one of the projects that was a feedback of the plan was the Stanton Child Resource Center. And, you know, figuring out a, a plan for each project as well, as far as, you know, uh, what to what to do with that. And the Stanton Child Resource Center actually uh, chose to expand across the street to the north there. And with the development of that is kind of the story of the tech park. And Kevin knows I'm going to look at him to talk <laughs> about the tech park. Um, yes. Um, that partial land, which was, you know, over 20 acres of land, of which the Stanton Industrial Foundation purchased many, many years ago because it was the entrance to our community. So they wanted ownership and, and protecting that a little bit and waiting for the right opportunity on what they would do with that parcel of land. So when the Stanton Child Resource Center uh, decided to build a new facility because uh, the current facility was, was maxed out on the amount of children that we could have and we had a significant waiting list of, of children wanting to um, be, be taken care of. So once the Stanton Child Resource Center decided to build a new facility, of which we're proud to say we broke ground a couple of weeks ago on a uh, 11,000 square foot facility that will now um, be able to take care of 130 children. Uh, it's uh, about a $3.2 million project that uh, we just got started on that parcel of land owned by the Stanton Industrial Foundation. So with that being the anchor institution, it started the conversations, okay, if, if the St. Child Resource Center is going to be there, what else can we do with this property? So again, we, we developed a master plan and wanted to look at something unique and plus take advantage of the assets that we had here within our community. Uh, with that being uh, FMTC and our fiber optics and looking around to other communities, we felt our neighboring communities we're doing very well with industrial um, uh, corporations coming in. We did not want to compete or duplicate what our neighboring communities would be. So one of the, for a community our size, geographically how FMTC was chosen to be on a larger uh, fiber optics ring, a transport ring, we're quite unique where we actually have four different fiber optic routes leaving our community that attach to statewide fiber optic networks and ultimately national fiber optic networks. So the level of redundancy we have with providing connectivity is something unique for any community, but particularly one our size. So we decided to take advantage of that and start informing people on what we can provide here. Thus, the development of the technology part. So we actually have that whole parcel of land uh, plotted off with different lots. Uh, we have the plan in place to, to finish up the infrastructure with the uh, water and sewer uh, roads, everything that comes goes into development. So uh, the city of Stanton has been a great partner. They have extended water and sewer to that area. Uh, now it turns into a private development where we start building the remaining infrastructure and start attracting uh, those businesses to our community to build in that area. So it, it's uh, we've been at it for maybe a year and a half. Uh, we're still 
uh, need to identify some funding opportunities to get the rest of the roads in place. Uh, but it all starts with the Anchor Institution being the Stanton Child Resource Center, of which when we get done, that will be right in the middle of, of these technology companies that will be looking for daycare as well, trying to keep everything mm -hmm. convenient. Plus, being at the north entrance of the community, it's very easy to get access in and out of that facility as well. So, so we're looking forward to it. Uh, we're just now starting to make people aware of what we're doing, starting to market uh, that technology park, uh, start talk, having those conversations with the companies that would uh, want to come here and uh, establish a, a relationship with our community, but more importantly, receive the services that we have to offer. So. Absolutely. That's yeah. so exciting. Just talking about the amenities, you know, we've we've started doing presentations and we've talked to a lot of people and the feedback we're really getting is you're not going to find many other places in the in our state or even the Midwest that that there's space available to build your business. The daycare is literally across the street, uh, you know, on your um, breaks, you can um, walk on the trail, work out. Do I mean, it, it's all all right there in one spot. Yeah. And you were mentioning to me earlier the daycare actually draws as many people from other communities as it does your own community, which is also a win. Yes. Um, one of the original founding members of the board that created the Stanton Child Resource Center in 2004. Uh, so yes, uh, because of the quality of care, uh, we're probably more than 50% of the children attending that daycare are not from the Stanton community. So we're pulling them in from as much as as th three to four, even up to five different counties around. Wow. Uh, so, and then we have a great relationship with the Stanton Community Schools as well too. So uh, uh, that helps potentially uh, funnel children into our community, uh, establish those relationships, and then stay here to uh, put their children through our education system as well too. So, so good. And we were talking this morning You've had a lot of former students choose to come back. What do you think have been some of the key ingredients in people wanting to come back here and choosing to do that? I, th I think in all of the places that we visited today, when we talk about it, you know, the key was the people. Yeah. Pe people here care. Uh, they're willing to help. They, um, you know, as a parent, you, <clears throat> you, you, you know, feel feel safe. You know, sending. You know, if you can't get your child after school or something, you know, knowing so and so is gonna going to take them this the, the safety um the the peace and quiet uh, uh you know just and there are things to to do and and see and it, i mean people that say there's nothing to do in small town or rural life really aren't do it paying attention they live <laughs> under a rock is what i say <laughs> well as growing up there's nothing like home yeah but as you grow up at some point in time you can't wait to get away from home uh, but then at another stage in life, there's nothing like returning home again. But what am I returning to? Yeah. Uh, and then they're at that point in their career uh, professionally and with their families where they, they see what's going on. Uh, they would love to come home. And now there's something to come home to that's exciting that they can help play a role in. And, at, you know, at some point in time, we, we, we need future leaders within our community as well too so we're very fortunate what we've accomplished but yet for sustainability we we need those younger people involved with our community and again just taking ownership 
and uh, taking care of our community and taking responsibility for what we want and, and how we treat each other and how we perform as a community. So. so good. This is kind of a side note, but I didn't even realize this until now talking about that. The I mean, the places we picked to go on the tours today, they're all people that have kids in the daycare or the school that have the businesses in our, I mean, businesses in our community. I didn't, I didn't mean for that to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's all younger. It's a common thread. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. And they all have vision. You know, somebody said, one of the couples that moved here with their family, they said, we wanted a town that wanted to progress, basically. They wanted to make sure it wasn't falling in. You know, people cared about moving the town forward, and that's what attracted them to this mm -hmm. community. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things, talking about uh, how Stanton is a great place to live with great amenities and things that we focused on. Yeah. Um, you know, we have the, the downtown facade um, with businesses and space available. We have our new trail with a trail connection. We're currently working to expand out to Viking Lake State Park. Uh, we have, we'll have the new daycare um, with expanded space for childcare and then new housing opportunities. Uh, a month, about a month ago, we were awarded a thriving communities designation and uh, with that, have the opportunity to apply for workforce housing tax credits and things like that. So um, I would be remiss not to say that the Stanton Area Industrial Foundation um, was developed in the 70s, and they've really had a focus on housing. And um, that team, I don't have the statistics with me, but, you know, have, has done a lot for our community and, and um, rehabbed a lot of houses and built a lot of houses. And so they are continuing to move forward to uh, figure out housing opportunities as well as FMTC with potential 3D printed housing opportunities. Do you want to talk about that at all, Kevin? Certainly can. Um, it's exciting new construction concept uh, as another choice of, of a construction method. Uh, so being very, very new, it, it still has a developmental phase that we're going through right now. Uh, but the intent is to be able to give people another choice of a construction method using technology involving a 3D printer. So it gives you flexibility to really design the look of your home to be almost anything that you want it to be. I, I say is uh, in the end you still need doors and windows yeah. and, and something that you can put a roof on. So be careful with your creativity, <laughs> uh, but yet uh, it can uh, make it look like anything that you really want it to do. And literally you, you come up with a design, a computer design, and then uh, uh, do a little bit of a qualification on what can actually be printed, but then you hook it up to a printer that literally uh, prints concrete in the design of the home and shape that you want it to be. So um, pretty exciting, but yet um, still has a little ways to go uh, before we're ready to release this to actually start printing a first home. So we're making great progress with that. Uh, look forward to that as an option here really, really soon. But overall, housing in Stanton, like any other small community or any community, I wouldn't even say small, right. it is a big topic right mm -hmm. now and has been for many, many years. So uh, we have the infrastructure in place, we're developing the amenities, we have the excitement. What we're really lacking right now is just is just great housing choices. It's actually a, a blessing 
uh, all of our houses are filled. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. uh, we really do not have any dilapidated houses in our community at all, um, but we want opportunities to build more. And it's kind of the timing right now. Uh, you know, we went through a phase since COVID when material costs uh, uh, rose quite dramatically. So the, the cost of building a home kind of skyrocketed there for a while. Um, but there's opportunities here. We have uh, developments in place, development areas in place. Now it's just uh, getting people uh, that's comfortable with, with maybe taking that on force and, and developing more housing in our communities. So. Yeah, and the development space that I've seen has like phenomenal views. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> just an added perk. Absolutely correct. For anyone that, that wants more information, uh, we did come up uh, come out with a, a Stanton um, you know, book for housing prospects and things like that. Uh, it, it is actually on our website on the front page on stantoniowa.com. And it, not only does it give you a list of local contractors and builders and things like that, but also potential funding opportunities as well for loans and, and things like that. Yeah. And I, I want to touch on the Iowa Thriving Communities designation. Uh, we have one year with that designation of which developers can apply for the workforce housing tax credits through the Iowa Economic Development Authority. The Iowa Thriving Communities designation gives us additional bonus points on our application. So it is a competitive process. Uh, there's only X amount of tax credits that are available annually. Uh, but to have an opportunity to uh, submit an application and receive bonus points for consideration is something that uh, we're getting organized so that we can move on that in 2024 and uh, you know, get some developers interested in our community. But more importantly, the results is, is we need more homes. Yeah. So. You guys have done a good job of pushing a lot of projects through to fruition we all know listening every one of us um that that does take a good partnership between the city the community foundation other groups in town what would you say has been some of your tips for success in that area as i keep saying i guess the the key is the the partnerships and the and the people all of those partnerships have been key in, in getting things done and we take pride and it's not one person or group or, you know, it's, it's everybody. So, um, I think what, if I've learned anything in this whole process myself and I was giving tips is communication, communication is, is the key to so many things. And it's not just the fact of that you communicated, how you communicate, because everyone communicates differently or through different, um, technology or, um, so making the point or reminder to yourself to, to communicate, you know, and go to the, go to the meetings and update people and just make sure that everybody is in the loop as much as they can be. Totally agree. Um, it all starts with a plan. Mm -hmm. Uh, once you have a plan that you can communicate with people and, and get their support, <coughs> but more importantly, get them to help take ownership of that. And I think that's what Stanton has done really, really well. Uh, at some point in time, you need to quit talking and start showing results. Yeah. Uh, and I think Stanton has had a long history of doing that. So we're just building upon a tradition and a culture that's already here. 
and maybe ramping it up to the next level here. Uh, but it does take uh, involvement in all aspects, not only your community leaders, but more importantly, you, the, the people within your community that you elect to hold those council positions and the mayor position. You know, if you're not careful with community or size, is, is, is you're out looking for somebody just to fill the seat because you have to have that in place. N now we're in a position where people want to be in those positions because they want to be involved and they, through education, they realize how important those, those positions are within our community, uh, working with the government. But yet at the same time, they can, the government can turn it over to, to people within their community to help get these projects done. So it is a true partnership, but in the end, it's all of us taking ownership of our community using the very varying aspects of private entity, public entities, and creating that partnership and taking advantage of the strengths of both to produce the results. So. Yeah. One thing that Morgan said when we were looking at her space today, she shared about how they were transformed that building into now what is this event space. But she said once people heard that we were doing it, they literally showed up with boots on how can we help? And I think that's a really neat quality that your community has when we rally around each other mm -hmm. and um, support each other when you do make the effort to invest in the community. Mm -hmm. So for anyone wanting to come visit Stanton, you're strategically located between, like you said, Des Moines, Omaha, Kansas City. So for anyone looking for a small town experience, this is a great place to come. Yes. We have seen, uh, especially since since COVID, a lot more people coming for day trips, checking out the community. You know, uh, there's there's a lot of fun things to do. You can check out the Fika Coffee House. Uh, there's some neat items in there, and and grab breakfast or lunch. Gibbs Chop House for uh, your evening supper meal. Uh, we we are just a few miles away from Viking Lake State Park, and you can um, fish or go out on the water. Or they have be a beach there. Um, you know, and, and the Swedish Heritage and Cultural Center, uh, you have to, you can't come to Stanton and not check out the world's largest Swedish coffee pot water tower and cup and saucer water tower. Yeah. Um, but I think we were talking earlier, you could literally spend all day in the Swedish Heritage and Cultural Center. They have so much and, um, so much pride and information. And, you know, that's, um, that's probably one thing we haven't really talked about much is our Swedish traditions and heritage. Well, I appreciate that because I'm actually Swedish. So Larson, <laughs> for that's all right. the Swedes out there, you know that's a Swedish name. Uh, well, I'm not. So that's just <laughs> Kevin's out. No, <laughs> he he drinks enough coffee that he he's that's Swede. True. Did he's you Swede. know that it's National Coffee Day? Like I got no, to be here seriously? on National Coffee Day. Wow. Yeah. One of the one of the things we really take pride in our community is our Swedish heritage, and we have one of my. Uh, we have Swedish school in the summer that um, for our youth, we have um, celebrate midsummer. Uh, we have St. Lucia and a St. Lucia queen. So we really take a lot of pride in our uh, Swedish Swedish heritage and traditions. And you're the Vikings and Vikings. Woohoo! Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we are also the corner conference volleyball champs as of last night. Woo! Yes. Congratulations. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. All right. Well, for anyone wanting to visit, wanting to find out more about what you're doing, how can they follow along? They can contact uh, me, Jenna Ramsey, at jramsey at fmtcnet.com, or you can call me at 712-829-7340. You can check out our website at stantoniowa.com. You can also go and 
uh, send an inquiry through the website for questions and things like that. Or we uh, the, the Stanton Friends, Stanton Old Lumberyard, and City of Stanton all have Facebook pages. Uh, there are a few Instagram pages out there as well. Okay, we will link to all of that in the show notes. Guys, congratulations on all of the great things that you have going on here. Thank you for setting a wonderful example for so many of our small towns in how you can revive a town and have a really great plan around it. And I just think you're setting such a great example for so many people. So thank you. Well, thank you for this opportunity. Um, you know, it's just being uh, respectfully honest and humbly confident <laughs> in what we do, uh, but yet given a responsibility to help take care of a community with the, with the resources that we have available. So we're just trying to, to be the best that we can be, um, and, uh, but never forget it's not all about us. It's how we can help other people as well, too. So not only within our community, but uh, by sharing our story, uh, sharing our experiences, uh, hopefully that would help others as well. I think, well, we're the ones that, that um, we're the lucky ones to be chosen for the podcast today that we would be remiss to, to mention uh, mention the advisory council and the things that they've done with the state community foundation. And that is Mickey Anderson. Uh, he's president of the Stanton area industrial foundation and Stanton community foundation. Jeff Magnuson is our mayor, uh, Sheila Mainquist. She is with the Swedish heritage and cultural center. And our newest member is Leland, Leland Lance, a uh, new community member. And he is the band instructor at school and very involved in a lot of things going on. And also Justin Miller, uh, he he is the director of the Stanton Viking Center, which we know wellness is a big part of our community, but he also is a um, partnership with the State Community Foundation. Uh, he's done a lot of great um, activities with a summer concert series and helping, um, helping a lot of these activities you see, we keep saying can't get done on our own. Justin's been a big piece of, of getting that done too. Takes everybody. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much. Everybody put Stanton on your travel list and um, make it a point to come here. There's a lot of great things to experience. Well, isn't it incredible what they've been able to accomplish in Stanton? As we mentioned in the podcast, I've known Jenna and Kevin for a few years now, and I continue to be so impressed with how they have approached their revival efforts in Stanton. So congratulations to Stanton for all of their great work, and I hope this inspires all of you listeners with some ideas for your town too. We are excited to be featuring success stories from Stanton all week long, so be sure to check out our socials and website each day for new, fresh inspiration, and you will find links for all of that in the show notes. Thanks to Jenna and Kevin for being on the podcast, and thanks to you for tuning in. Have a great day, everybody.